Episode 53, Epilogue, Part 1. Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Metreon, Kaya as Lillison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Deer. You can catch the horror live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rcurseofstrahd, or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash rcurseofstrahd. You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now, let's get right to Ravenloft. And welcome back to Curse of Strahd Twice Bitten, everyone. The show where five DMs take on D&D's top Gothicara campaign. I'm Dragnacarta, and it has been a ho- I'm sorry, it has been a pleasure to be your host and DM for this campaign. We're off to a great start, everybody. It has been oh. a ho. It really has been. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an experience, I'll say that. Man. <laughs> oh my god. Um, can I be the pest that right away asks if we level up? Oh, obviously. Oh, thank god. You killed Strahd von fucking Zarevich. You get a level up. Okay, so, so we're level 20 now? Is that right? Uh, you mm. get, you may have one level as a treat. Yes, the, and uh, that level is level 20. I'm, I'm glad you came to this. Yeah, so. thank you. It's awesome of you to <laughs> shake us right there. God. <laughs> Look, like, we're never playing these. We might play. It doesn't matter. We can be level forty for all all the impact yeah, it has yeah, on the world. Yeah, let's just, let's just be forty. <laughs> just uh, just cast earthquake and just sweep Brovi into the abyss. Fuck you, Strahd. Well, I don't think that's I I expected for the session to end in a demolition derby, but you know what? Who knows? <sighs> in any case, y'all made it over the hump. Congratulations, and. I think it's time to find out what's on the other side, don't you? Yeah. Whew. Is it? Indeed. I'm afraid. <laughs> ah, don't worry about it. I think this is going to be a nice, relaxing, chill session. You know, lo-fi vibes for vampires and bats kind of thing, you know? No emotions. None whatsoever. Exactly. With that said... I think it's time for us to dive in and get started for the last time with Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. A striking elven female with an almost ritualized poise, Kiva Cyrilai always endeavors to be a level-headed mediator and a soothing presence in the lives of all she meets. Determined to look ever forward, she relies on controlling day-to-day chaos. Anyone who watches her for long enough, however, can clearly see there's something undeniably feral and unpredictable bubbling under the surface. In the company of these fine strangers, he is just Metreon. But across the Sword Coast, he's known as Metreon the Magnificent. He is a tiefling whose body and dress carry the signatures of a nomadic performer, as evidenced by the rougher edges of his costume, and his sinewy frame covered in faded tattoos. 
Though he may not look like a typical magician, rest assured, he cleans up quite handsomely. The well-dressed, well-spoken half-elf who introduced herself as Lilisen has stayed away from the rest of the traveling group during the journey so far. Oh, she's friendly enough if someone strikes up a conversation with her. Charming, even. But left to her own devices, she invariably keeps to herself, and even looks nervous when anyone comes within ten feet of her. Amity, a terrifying deviloid with a tail that will knock your drink over if she gets too excited. Even worse, some pig follows her around and eats almost as much as she does. Yet, she's generous and easy to befriend, especially if you get her talking about her book of fables. Just, if she compares you to a fox, it's hard to tell if that's a compliment. Erythrindir is a high elf man who looks perpetually like he's never quite got enough sleep. After his departure from elven society, he found himself out in the wilderness, working as a ranger in the deep, deep woods. However, this did little to quell his passion for history, and he's found himself on the road to Neverwinter, hoping to track down a book that might hold the answer to a question he's held for a long, long time. And welcome back, everyone. Last we left off, then, on Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. Traversing the dark, unhallowed corridors of Castle Ravenloft from the crypts below where they had left Kazimir Velikov, their Dusk Elf traveling companion and mage, in a crypt after an untimely betrayal. The companions ascended through the castle, navigating traps and monsters, and using profane knowledge to uncover treasures and items of power for use in their battle against Strahd. After ascending toward the one of the tallest towers of Castle Ravenloft, they found therein a crimson crystal beating heart. The heart of sorrow, Van Richten had described, and coming together, destroyed it, doing battle and quickly dispatching a band of animated weapons and the vampire spawn that came to avenge the heart's destruction. In the aftermath of the fight, as the vampire spawn slipped away, the companions shared a brief conversation, Metreon and Ismark discussing a potential future when the day of tomorrow came to pass. After healing their wounds, the party descended the walls of the keep toward the main entry and proceeded into the chapel, as foretold by Madame Eva. There, they encountered Count Strahd von Zarevich, and the battle began. The vampire was slippery, evading our hero's attacks, harassing them, and even, at one point, transforming one of them into a frog through a well-timed polymorph. But through their efforts combined, flickering through the ethereal plane, summoning the spirits of the undead, moving at blurs that defy human speed, and a bond of telepathy and trust that connected them deeply together, the party tracked Zarevich through the winding castle corridors, and as Strahd struck again and again before fading into the stone of Ravenloft and nearly slaying Davian Mardikov for the danger he posed. Our heroes rallied, surrounding Strahd from all sides and with Ismark's aid, locking him down, forcing him into place from which he could not escape. 
Though Strahd struggled to break free, summoning vast winds to aid him, our heroes held firm, Amity and Erthrandir joining Ismark to hold him down, while Davian, the ally whose power Madame Ava had foreseen, inspired them to fight on. In the final moment, before Zarevich could vanish, Lillison called upon the power of the Luckblade she had obtained from the crypts below, freezing him in place with powerful magic, and as Metrion roared in defiance from a new and mighty form, Kava leapt forward, dealing the final blow with a mighty stroke of the sunsword. And Strahd von Zarevich was no more. And so. You find yourself standing at the center of the old, dark, and dusty hall, the final crumblings of ash whispering across the dark stone corridor where but moments before the dark and defiant and tyrannical face of Strahd von Zarevich stood now only the remnants that he leaves behind there is quiet what do you all do? Well, it's quiet for a moment until uh, Metrozilla lets out another giant roar, uh, one as loud as he can, uh, to just sound throughout the entire castle, letting any anything or anyone who else who dwells in it still uh, letting them know that uh, this fight was ours. It echoes through the dark, cavernous halls from the massive stained glass windows of the chapel through the entry of the foyer down through every office and hall and cramped corridor. It rings through the catacombs far below, through the dungeons. It bursts forth from the tallest towers and spires and rings across the land around. And at that moment, the castle knows its master is no more. Kiva just is it like, a trick? starts crying and laughing. <laughs> I think staring at everyone. Amity's still breathing heavy, like holding the ashes of Strahd in her uh, clawed hands. Is, is, is it a trick? Did, did we do it? She's looking to everyone, to Esmeralda especially. He he died in sunlight. He can't missed. He couldn't. Ez, that's right, right? She nods breathing hard, still wide-eyed, her cheeks flushed. As far as I know, yes, it's, it's the sunlight. He could not escape from it. He could not reform in it. The ash. I have only ever seen this, a scattering of other times. When the vampire steps out into the light of the sun and perishes there, there's nothing left of them but cinders. And even his have already cooled. It's actually he's actually you're sure i am as sure as i can be without being uh, a seer or a prophetess of some kind yes no that's quite good enough as Earth's haste spell finally runs out and he just crumples to the floor like a piece of paper god <laughs> and starts crying God fucking finally. 
Lilison is standing just stock still, uh, very white, and her hand is still clenched tightly around the hilt of the sword. Um, she watches everybody else's reaction, and after a moment, she turns and walks towards the giant window that was on the other end of uh, this corridor. Um, and just pauses in front of it. If lightning is still going, you know, every so often illuminating her form as she just stares out into the rain. It is very so often thunder, crackling, rumbling, but it might just be your imagination or a trick of the eye, but the flashes seem to be getting farther and farther away from the castle. The thunder ever so slightly becoming more distant every moment. After a minute of composure, I think Kiva just like, the sun sword, she just like momentarily sets down and just walks over to Irina and picks her up and like literally lifts her off the ground into a hug. Um, just saying over and over, you're free. We did it. She just, like, grabs her, you like, hard celebration. around the waist. <laughs> holding you back. Very occasionally, her breath hitching. Her, you can feel her cheeks are wet. And she just murmurs, thank you. Thank you. Gods, thank you. Yeah, uh... I don't know, she can't really say much else. She's just going to keep holding her. <laughs> Metrozilla's going to go ahead and walk up behind Lillison at the window and just sort of flares nostrils and huff and look at her. Um, does she react at all? She looks at him uh, how much, how big is he right now? I'm Metrozilla, baby. I'm the size of a T-Rex. Yeah, how big is that? Oh, <laughs> I don't know, like 15 feet tall, I don't know. But hunched down because of the corridors. She is um, just going to look at him for a while and then reach up and gently pat Metrozilla face if he's going to let her do that. Yeah, he will. Pat, Pat. Uh, he kind of like looks to you and then looks back at the others and does this th sort of does this thing with his neck where he like is like almost like tilting his head back to signal towards his back. Well, if that's what you want. And then Lilson is going to very gingerly see if she can climb up onto Metrozilla's back. It takes a little bit of doing, Metreon still getting used to the size and dimensions of his new form, but with some assistance, you're able to clamber on up and secure position somewhere around the center of the shoulder blades. And I'd say once she's on, he looks back at her as best as he can and even though that his body is different, his eyes still have the same sort of mischievous uh, glint to them. 
and his eyes narrow a bit and he gives this sort of like light roar back at the others before charging towards the window and jumping out. <laughs> you just jumped out of the window, right? Just yes. making sure I heard that correctly. Okay. Yes. You land with a shuddering thud. You hear the... Actually, sorry. Are you sure you want to do that? Because it is 50 feet up. Air will facilitate this. Yeah, I've, I've got okay. enough hit points. <laughs> Wait, are you going to cast Featherfall on the T-Rex? I am. He just looks up from sobbing, sees Metreon <laughs> charging for when I was just like, I was saving this for Strahd! And just cast Featherfall on them as they go careening through the point class. So, Met- Metreon, you're all set for this beautiful fucking earth-shaking superhero landing and this then this elf has the absolute impudence to make you float down through the air like a literal like a literal like lizard fairy godmother yeah no his arm his his, on the ground he's definitely like kicking his legs in the air like trying to fight it (laughs) trying to and like he tried still being conscious of the lillison on his back but like just trying to not like embrace this like fluttery <laughs> falling feeling that he has like he wanted to just like have this moment but it's like and then he just kind of submits to it and then like floats down with a listen on his back you touch down gracefully into the courtyard below how's listen looking well as the uh the rain is soaking us uh which I guess Lillison does not feel the cold still. Um, she looks around and gently, you know, and idly pats uh, Metrozilla's neck and just looks up and stares at the sky and says almost to herself, nothing's changed, has it? <laughs> Did you, what, did you want to leave? He just sort of shrugs his back uh, a bit and turns back and you see that as much as the sort of lizard can, it's just sort of kind of mischievously grinning. Uh, And uh, he starts to walk up towards the front door um, and like just kind of bats his nose against it as if, like, to signal, do we go in? Lillison will conjure her mage hand and open the door. The front door, you mean? Yeah. It swings open. And then, yeah. uh, Much more, uh, much or, I guess, much less cavalierly as he left the building he will just kind of saunter back in uh and if anything tries to get in their way he'll eat it all right as far as you could tell nothing seems to be getting in your way you're able to rejoin the others though it is a bit of difficulty to fit up the stairs this time but you manage it yeah, and he's just going to be as reckless as possible, uh, just like knocking over things with his tail and defacing anything that he can on the way up. For sure. 
on the upside, Erythrindir, finally, after, like, the aftershock of the haste finally leaves his body, he stands clinging to the wall, and he looks over at Amity, looks over at Kiva, and says, We're done, right? We're not gonna need to fight like that anymore. Kiva, who's still, like, clutching Irina like a child. Then just Amity, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, she can listen. I just, no, I just sure. think, like... I, no, I get you. That scene is happening. That is important. Um, I think she just sort of looks over and is like, I can't imagine why it wouldn't be done, but I mean, I suppose it's important to keep our guard up for just a little while. No. I, does it mean we can leave? Is the, is the Mistwall still there? I, I don't know. Fuck, we should go see. Look out the window at the (laughs) T-Rex. Yeah, Kiva, is is Davian in, in the vicinity? He is. He is looking fairly woozy, a little unsteady on his feet, staring at the pile of Strahd's ashes. But he's there. Um, Kiva is just going to um, give Irina a quick kiss on the cheek, let her go, finally. Um, and then um, walk over to Davian and give him the old slap on the back hit points. Um, <laughs> vibe check. <laughs> so he gets five more hit points. Um, and then she's going to ask, uh, would you mind, uh, taking me outside on those big wings of yours? I want to see something. He gives you a skeptical look. Well, that's the, that's the stairs right there. There's, there's the door, you know. I want to see if we can see the mist leaving. He sighs. As far as I know, if you'd like, we could just walk around the courtyard. If you'll excuse me, I'm not really feeling up to ferrying passengers at the moment. Oh, you're the worst. All right, old man, let's go. She'll That's offer right, an arm to, like, help him walk, like, the he old lady across gratefully. the street. <laughs> <laughs> he accepts it for a moment, considers, and then just kind of grunts and pushes it away with a good-natured snort. <laughs> yeah, she'll walk with him uh, outside to go see, because she's curious now. All right, is anyone else following? Yeah. Yeah, Earth will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Together, you descend the stairs, leaving the throne room behind, re-entering the grand foyer of Castle Ravenloft and exiting into the front courtyard. You feel, as you make your way forward, you feel drawn ahead as though something in the back of your minds, of your hearts, knows to expect something. The storm overhead has lessened, the rain moving down to a drizzle, and the lightning and thunder now far off in the distance to the west, like a dark cloud passing over Barovia, but not forever. You pass into the rear gardens. Looking behind, you can see the blown out windows of the chapel from where spells and clashes had destroyed so much of the architectural work and turn eastward passing through the gates toward the overlook where once what feels like forever ago you descended down 
to enter the catacombs of Ravenloft on your final venture to slay the vampire of the castle. As you step forward, you see the outbuildings on either side, the familiar carved cobblestone pavilion leading ahead, and the gargoyles carved into the railing of the overlook that looks down over the land below. And as you do, the drizzle, already so faint, pitter-patters to a stop, leaving the puddles glinting ever so faintly in the gray, growing light. And in that moment, you realize that morning has arrived once more. And as you look down, you can see that thick clouds fill the sky. And through the chilly morning mists, the land of Barovia is visible far below. There is peacefulness here. Rest has come to the valley for the first time anyone can remember. And as you stand there, on the overlook, looking down over the small village of Barovia below you, the mists slowly drifting across the land, a light flashes behind you. Please, God, what is that? Do you turn around to the look? Yes. Yeah. Metro's yeah. Alone. I would yeah. say two metros alone would have walked out. If Lillison's still on his back, he would have walked them out. All right. Wheeling around, you see not the man that you had feared, but a stately man, a being of flesh and blood in shining armor and a flapping cape. His countenance shows great strength of will, yet the forcefulness of his presence is tempered by his calm, sad eyes. His features are, his features are those of Strahd, yet subtly different. His voice is calm and peaceful as he smiles and says, My name is Sergei von Zarevich. Kiva just looks over at Erthrandir and Amity and is like, what the, what the fuck? Erthrandir has no more answers. <laughs> okay. He inclines his Please head very faintly in like... greeting. Do we recognize him from the pool? You recognize him from both the pool and the corpse. Yeah, Kiva, he was walking like, around with you guys most of the time, so. <laughs> yeah. yep. Raises a hand and just waves a little bit, like, awkwardly. Sort of expecting, like, round two, fight, you know, to, like, play <laughs> somewhere in the distance. He chuckles quietly. Fear not. I know I must resemble my elder brother by more than a tad, but I have come not to bring war back into your lives. Only gratitude. Metron roars at him very loudly. <laughs> you actually roar forward, just your terrible breath blowing his hair back, spittle flying through the air. He blinks and then begins to laugh, shaking his head. Well, it certainly seems as though the salvation 
of this land was in good hands then, or teeth, as it were. What are you? You're not a ghost. He, he nods. But you're not alive. He tilts his head very faintly, and his smile twitches, his eyes looking not unkind as he says, You would be correct on both counts there. Call me... A memory. Too patient to be forgotten, but working to remember what no one else could. And he turns to Irina. Tatiana, the time is at hand to rest. Come, my love and my wife. And he stretches forth his hand. Kiva Irina Koliana's questioning eyes suddenly open with recognition and knowledge. Forgotten memories rush back to her in an instant, and she cries, Sergei, springing to him with the grace of a doe. They embrace. And after a long, lingering moment, Irina turns to you and says, I am Irina Koliana, but in my past, I was Sergei's beloved Tatiana. Through these many centuries, we have played out the tragedy of our lives, and now with our deepest gratitude to you. That strategy is over. It is time for joy to begin again. And she pauses and steps away from him and looks up at Kiva and then grabs her in a big hug. It's time for joy to begin again for all of us. I don't want you to go. I... I want to thank you, all of you. And she steps back, eyes shining bright, a smile across her face. I've learned so much, waited so long, and in all this time I felt like I was lost, wandering through clouds of mist and fog that nothing could ever pierce. But because of you, you brought something back to Borovia. You brought something back to me, to all of us. You brought back that light. And know this, and she turns back to Kiva. No matter what happens, no matter where I am, I'll be with all of you. You know that, right? And she turns to Ismark, who is looking quietly stunned, and says, especially you. Then she hugs him. He stutters for a moment and then says, this is it, and this is what who you were looking for. This is... 
He swallows. You're my sister, though. How can I see you go so quickly? Irina sniffles and holds him tighter and says, I am who I was, but I'm also who I am. No matter where I am or where you are, you will always be my brother. And whether I'm Irina or Tatiana, that will not change. You're going to be so great as Burgomaster, as a leader of our people. You've worked your whole life to slay the darkness in the castle. Now you're going to be one of the ones who get to put everything back together. And he hugs her, holding her tight, both of them quietly crying. And then he exhales, all of the breath seeming to go out of him, and takes a step back, smiling. If this is what you want, then I'm happy for you. Kiva just nods as well and um and looks over at um oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> and looks over at her friend and sees this just incredible strong <laughs> woman who finally gets to rest and just hugs her again and says um I am never going to forget you and I'll tell what everyone you? <laughs> how strong you are what if I tell everyone about you first And she just looks over at Sergey and says, um, you take care of her. And he make nods. sure that neither of you end up in this place again. He nods again, a touch of sadness reaching his eyes. I will do all that was within my power and even that beyond if I can. But truth be told, from what she's learned and from what you've taught her, how you've helped her grow and what she's become, it may be that she protects me as much as I may attempt to protect her in turn. Thank you for Good helping ben. her and watching her and guiding her for all this way. I, I do it again in a heartbeat. She'll um, let Irina go and, and stand back next to his mark. Sergei laughs quietly and says, Perhaps in another lifetime, we could have been friends. You know, the hymns of the Morning Lord are many, but there is one that I've always held dear to my heart, which is that no matter how deep the darkness or night, it's never so deep that the sun can't arise again. And even then, 
you can never truly tell beyond which mountains that sun will rise. The five of you might not have expected to be the harbingers of a new day when you entered these lands, but when you depart, please remember, carry our gratitude with you, and know that wherever you may go, you bring that light with you. He turns to Irina, unless anyone wants to respond. Very well. He holds out his hands, and Irina takes his hands in hers. And as you watch, shimmering light surrounds the both of them. Hand in hand, they walk east toward the edge of the overlook. Their feet, though, do not touch the ground as they tread a path beyond this mortal world. Their invisible road takes them beyond the eastern precipice, their glow illuminating and thinning the clouds above Barovia. And then, the clouds suddenly break open, letting shafts of glorious sunlight flood through, and in the valley below, the strange fog dissolves. Barovia is free once more. Goodbye, Irina. I'm gonna miss you. Metreon lets out another large but more solemn roar uh, in the direction that they've they've walked in and towards the sunlight. Lillison pets Metreon's neck soothingly and uh, stares off in that direction as well. I, I guess that's the gift, right? Like, she's mortal. She's human. Where she's going, it's a good place. Just wish it weren't so soon. Metreon, uh, noticing Kiva and Ismark kind of embraced in each other, uh, just sort of kind of walks over there with uh, Lilithan on his back and just like puts his muzzle in between them. It's just sort of like, sort of like a dog trying to be comforting. Just tries to show them the both of them affection. Kiva's definitely still um, crying because I am and realism is fun. And uh, she just sort of nuzzles back into your face. We should go back inside and find those, well, everybody we left inside. Right. 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 Just a, a little longer. I'd forgotten what it felt like. 
as he stretches his arms out to the sun, get glinting off his hair like gold. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Ersinger. <laughs> God fucking damn it. It's gone. How long's it been? Has anybody been keeping track? I have. It is currently the 14th of Neaver, and you began this adventure on the 23rd of Octaver, which makes it 23 days, I believe. Three weeks. Feels like years. Feels like two. Like a lifetime. We're never going to stop making that joke. Nor should we. Mitrazilla's going to go ahead and pull away from Ismark and Kiva. Um, giving Kiva a little bit of a lick with his his lizard tongue uh, on the face before uh, he starts to kind of wander back over towards the castle entrance. Kiva <laughs> wipes the <laughs> dinosaur slaver. Oh my god, he is like a big dog. Um, and takes Ismark's arm and if he'll let her, they'll walk back towards the castle together after one last look over the overlook. He will. Just silently exchanging a look with you. And in that moment, there's a connection of understanding that passes between the both of you. And then he nods and smiles tiredly. And you return toward the castle. Earth does one last thing before he leaves. As the others are walking back, he stands on the overlook, and then he draws Rod and Scimitar from its sheath and slams it against the castle wall, snapping it in two. And then he takes the pieces into his hands and tosses them down, down into the force below and walks back inside. And inside, the group of you return. Where are you heading first? Casimir. And the, the folks we've met, the, the commoners, we need them. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, if you'd like, you can regroup with which one would you like to obtain first? The commoners or Casimir? Commoners, probably. Casimir can okay. keep. <laughs> so you ascend to the third floor, back toward the uh, toward the study, and ascend down the stairs, winding your way down the stone staircase until you reach the landing where the tapestry laid. The three Barovians perk up, and after hearing and rejoicing at the news, join your party as you descend down into the castle below. Despite their earlier ragging, even they seem to have enough tact to recognize not to push Ismark at this current moment in time. 
You enter into the catacombs, and you notice the bats are quiet, but seem to be sleeping. Their eyes black, not red, and aside from occasional fluttering through the air and the occasional dropping of bat guano, the murk, the menacing air that had filled their den is now gone, just soft chittering and squeaking and the occasional snoring of bats. Can I roar to see if I can get them out of here? I don't want them around me. You certainly can. And as you roar, there is screeching and chittering and squeaking and terror and fear. And many of the bats in the area near you flutter around, forming a torrent of black leathery wings and claws that flutter through the air, vanishing up the central shaft of the main staircase entering into the catacombs. Congratulations. You have absolutely scarred these poor bats. Good. You know what? They deserve it. Unfortunately, as you return to the main avenue, dividing the center of the catacombs, you notice something different about it. The slabs sealing the first crypt to the right and the last crypt to the right have been opened. Earth just runs forward, first to the tomb where he left Casimir, and then when he sees the inevitable to Petrina's. Casimir's crypt is empty. You see the ropes slumped down in the lab, and in Petrina's empty. You see um, a number of coins clinking metallic along the floor, piles and mounds, but it seems that one of the mounds has been recently dug through, forming a small divot at the center. And as for Petrina's corpse or the banshee, there's no sign. They're gone. Both of them. That's not such a terrible thing, is it? Uh, I guess not. I mean, she, whatever kind of person she was, I think she deserved a second chance. Freeing everyone here meant freeing everyone. So if they yeah. got away, then that's a victory for us. Yeah. It does mean have... I'm never going to get to punch Casimir in the teeth for lying to us, though. I was going to say it would have been nice to talk things through and sort misunderstandings out, but whatever impression they walk away uh, with us of, well, it wasn't like the uh, last impression we left on him was going to uh, be smoothed away that easily anyway. <laughs> In that case, I hope they're far fucking away. Out in the sun. Amity um, grasps finally the hand of the ghost she had summoned earlier and says, Thank you for your help. You're free now. And beckons it, I guess, to wherever it wants to do. The spirit inclines their head, smiling peacefully, and vanishes in a glimmer of shimmering light. 
we're, we're all free. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Wait, holy shit! And Aerith starts, just dumps his backpack on the ground and starts scrambling through it for something utterly frantic. This, the Sending Stone, right? Yeah, yeah, no, fuck, uh, where the fuck did I put it? Okay. And he finally pulls out a tiny black stone with gold around the edges and a string looped through it. And he's as he's about to, like, talk into it, he just pauses, kind of frozen, staring at the others. I'm... I'm almost afraid. Kiva just gives him a, like, a comforting nod, like, you can do it. Ooh, I am going to need to compose these 25 words carefully. I, fuck it. And he squeezes the stone. Hey, Meryl. It's Ari. Alive. We're stuck in a hellscape for weeks. Gonna be okay. Missed you. Coming back home soon, but not to stay. Respond when you can. Love ya. There is a heartbeat that goes by and then an instant response. <laughs> Aerie, what, what the fucking hells? You're actually... Uplum thought you were dead, you fucking idiot. Glad to hear you're alive. I look forward to seeing you. We'll roll out the welcome wagon. See you soon. She was keeping it on her just in case. Oh, God bless that fucking woman. She's gonna punch me in the throat. <laughs> Wait, fuck, Amity, you've got... Do you have that prepared? Um, you, s sending? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amity's actually already sort of counting out words on her finger. Um, and... Uh, is, is there anyone specific? Because I'm. No, I'm no. I was going to say, tell my mom. Call your mom. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> and Amity sends the following twenty-five word message to her mom back home. Right. Mom, Amity here. Something scary happened, but I'm fine. Amazing, actually. Can't wait to tell you soon. You can respond with twenty-five words now. Love. Again, there's a heartbeat of a pause, and then you hear, My word, love, is that you talking? Goodness me, that's a lovely trick. I'm glad to hear you will. What do you mean, only 25? And then it stops. <laughs> <laughs> Giggles. <laughs> oh. Earth has a thought all of a sudden. Hey, Andy. You want to meet my parents? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a, lot, a little sudden, a lot of pressure, but if you want, I'd appreciate it. Uh, I I most certainly do. <laughs> do you want to meet mine? Oh, God, yes. I, I want to oh, meet God. your whole family. God. Oh, they're going to love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, you. Metreon. Do you have Ugh. something in your throat? 
Uh, not currently, no. Uh, maybe later. But Lillison uh, just sort of like kicks herself away from Metreon as he stops being a T-Rex. <laughs> Kiva just nudges Ismark with a good-natured smile. He is nudged. What, uh... She does... Once Metreon is back, though, she does back away from Ismark and just, you know, just in case someone wants to talk. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd say the like, uh, if anyone turned to Metreon's direction, Lillison would be there, obviously, uh, kind of, like, kicking him away, but he would be, like, on his hands and knees, like, having just transformed back into his, his regular self. Uh, kind of dusting himself off as he stands up. All right. Well, um, fuck all. I think, uh, I think it's a good time to, I don't know what it's a good time for. I mean, he kind of reaches into his pocket. We got these gems, right? We could go in, you know, go, go anywhere, really. I mean, but we got the, we got the fortress, right? Filled with all the gold and, you know, those books and, so we just bleed this place dry. Yeah. Tomorrow. Novel idea. I need to sleep. We've been up 24 hours. Esmeralda nods, and it might be worth pointing out that uh, given certain recent tragic events, um, we don't currently have a means of, I mean, if you're looking to transport the gold, that's all well and good, but the books might take a little more doing. We will buy a mat wagon. We will commission a hundred wagons. Well, in that case... <laughs> I mean, I can't just strap them uh, to my back, too, you know. Not in this form, obviously. I could, I could be a beast of burden. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's not the first time. I would not... Put it past you to let us put all those books on your back and then for you to jump dramatically off a cliff or roll around in the mud or something. Now, those are valuable. He's not going to waste precious loot like that. Would you bet on that? Mm, not, much much, not much money. Not much money. She's got a point. Sleep first. Then, um... We should go through his library and see which ones we can't bear not to take with us. We, don't, we ain't sleeping here, right? Because I don't want to take oh, God, no. as much as possible. Although I do have a horrible thought. Well, how do we get, get out? Well, that's what I mean. We got these gems, right? I mean, we can go, you know. Oh, right. We can theoretically go to the Abbey. The Hourglass. We go to, to the, the, the temple, right? Uh, the mountain. You are not proposing many enticing destinations. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying what I remember. I don't remember any of them. Is there one of those that gets us back to our friends at the inn? Is there a gem for Valaki Valakai? <laughs> well, wouldn't the green one have said something about something, right? Uh, it's where the coffins hide, but you don't think that's, you know, Strahd Sergei's coffin? Yeah, that'd yeah. make the most sense. I think well, one of them was the master's tomb, too. Or point being, I vote we walk. Or take the gem to Kresk and then walk from there. Oh, I'm not fucking all walking all the way from Kresk. Well. Listen, if, if the green one just takes us back to the 
back to where we are. Then it, it, it's we know that's where it goes. We just keep the gem. So it takes you, and if it takes you back to one of the coffins with the ghouls in them, Esmeralda looks thoughtful. It is true, but it is, you know, Zarevich had to be able to get to the church for the attack somehow, and by Lilithan's account, he has traversed Juvalaki in remarkable speed on multiple occasions. I would not be surprised if at least one of those gems made their way there, and we do know that there is a coffin shop in Vilaki. Huh. Thank you, Ace. Thank you. Brilliant, Thank you. beautiful woman. Yes, let's try that one then. I just always assumed he was shapeshifting into one of those really fast bats. That is a lot of miles to cover. Yeah, but no, you, you don't get it. Like, some bats what in a dive can the just. The flying get speed of a bat. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm laid in bed. Out. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. All right, let's uh, go. But well, what if uh, I wanted to sleep in the castle. Tomorrow. What? You are not sleeping here alone. Oh, wait, wait. Why do you want to sleep here? You've never wanted to sleep in a castle? Uh, not just not one that was going to be my uh, untying me demise. Well, I mean, I want to go back up and get that uh, nice ruby from around his chest, and I wouldn't mind sleeping in his castle because it's ours now. So you know, spoils the victory and all that. People are sick. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Matreon. I mean, sure, maybe you know, listen, maybe. Uh, I mean, there is a nice couch in the study, right? Maybe. I don't Maybe I could kick up my feet there, but listen. And then he kind of looks a little bit towards Ismark before looking back at the others. I've got things I want to do tonight, and uh, <laughs> right, and right, right. Environments, environments for things. There are plenty of rooms in this castle, you pervert. Well, we're pervert. We, 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 we. Listen, all right. You know what? Fine. Look, there's still blankets in the attic. You'll be great. Listen, fine. You want to sleep in the castle? Fine. This, uh, what's it called? Rochambeau for it. What? Rochambeau is like, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, parchment paper shears. Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Don't they teach you anything where you come from? Cool. Uh, all right. All right, yeah, Kiva, Kiva will, Kiva will parchment shears boulder with you. <laughs> How do we do this? Just roll 1d3 and see who gets the yeah, highest. Yeah, see who gets the sure. highest. Go for sure, it. that works. That's a three. That's a three. <laughs> you both roll uh, rock, let's say. No, Serena got a two. I got a two, oh. so fuck it. Wait, you're doing a three-way rock, paper, scissors? What kind of degenerates are you? No. No, no, no. It's just, it's me it's and, just... it's me and... I thought uh, it was on it's a just chip. keep a material. Oh, yeah, it's, it's three I did rolls. A, yeah, I did a GM roll by accident. Um, we can say that <laughs> Lillison like started throwing, and then she just like turns and like starts walking off into the castle. Okay, in that case, Metreon wins. But then seeing Lillison uh, just kind of walking off, he, like, it kind of breaks away. Well, come on, man. Uh, fine, but uh, listen, we don't. I mean, we don't want to spit up too quickly, right? I mean, fine. Where, where do you want like well, where do you want to even sleep right I mean where would you sleep I mean I was going to go into the study and take a look at all of the books but if you want to call that couch I'm sure Strat had a you know some rooms that were not all full of spiders <sighs> he was just gonna throw her bedroll in the fucking chapel and stay there <laughs> 
fine. I'll claim a room for the night. If I don't like it, I'm leaving. I'm taking one of the stones and I'm getting the fuck out of here. If I hear anything creepy, if I hear anything weird, if anything tries to bite me, if I see any fucking spiders, I'm out. Okay, so then long rest of Castle Ravenloft. Well, then... Metron's going to turn to Aerith and Deer and Amity. What are you two doing? Uh, I'm going to be honest, I thought y'all were joking. Why would we be joking about this? Because we've spent... De- he just kind of throws up his hands. Fine! Guess I'll find a bed somewhere in the horror terror castle of death. We have cleared out the horror, the terror, and the death. Are you positive? No. You're sure there's not any horror in the corners? No, but that's why I want to stay here. Just to make sure that there isn't something else that's going to leap out and come towards Velaki at us right when we're you know. We, we have observed that there is at least one, two? One more vampire spawn somewhere in the castle. But it's also so, sunny out, so if we go to sleep now, we wake up, it's still sunny, and then we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I mean, let's just blow out all the windows. Point. All right. Blow it. Any windows that win. I'm going to stay on guard duty. Well, right, well, why, why are you going to stay on guard? You, 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 listen, there was those three uh, Barovians. They, they, was on guard. they could be on guard duty, right? You know, they got their long rest. Uh, thank you, Kiva. Uh, they can, you know, uh, <laughs> they want to be of use. They could stay up for us. Aerith just puts his head in his hands. Come on, you know, we're giving them the job they want. Now that all the adrenaline's wearing off. <laughs> fuck it. Let's go. Let's go in castle. Let's go do things. I don't claim to be entirely sane right now. I still got a little little bit of lizard brain going on. Uh, so I'm probably going to regret this halfway through sleep. No, but... no, fuck it. We've, we've taken this many risks. One more. Let's do it. And that is all Earth has to say about the matter. Yeah, Kiva's just going to set up her bedroll in the chapel after liberating Strahd from his jewel. And um, we'll also suggest to Esmeralda that, you know, can share a pillow or something. I don't know. Esmeralda waggles her eyebrows at that, but then laughs and joins you in making whatever camp you can in the wreckage of the castle chapel. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Blanket fort! Blanket fort! (laughs) Metron is going to go ahead and blow out the windows with Eldritch Blasts just so that, like, sun is pouring into that place uh, so that if anything tries to come in. And I'll say that, like, any any room that has windows on the way up to the chapel, he's going to do that, too. Okay. It'll be drafty, but at least it'll be bright. All right, so you're going to take a long rest. Just to confirm the itinerary, take a long rest, stay on guard, and then take a little while to explore, loot the castle, anything interesting then see if you can take the brazier back to Velaki. Correct? Yep. That's yep. the yeah, idea? Yeah, yeah, Okay. The chapel makes for an uncomfortable but certainly functional place to stay. You're able to clear away some of the worst of the debris and broken pews, the cobwebs and dust of centuries that had lain there, and the corpse that is still there. And make a reasonably usable campsite just off to the side just out of the way of the sunlight in case you need to get some shut eye without morning light shining onto your faces. Or if you like it that way, you have been without vitamin D for literally more than three weeks. No one would blame you. 
A few of you take watch, rotating, keeping an eye out onto the once unhallowed corridors and halls of the castle, watching the grounds. At one point, Erthrandir, while taking watch, you do think you notice a strange silhouette clinging to a shadowed part of one of the upper castle spires before vanishing back into an upper tower far away and away from your direction. But your watch otherwise passes uneventfully and your rest comes to an end. You feel relatively reinvigorated. It seems that none of the inhabitants of the castle had thought to or dared to intrude upon you during this time. It's now around early-ish mid-afternoon. What would you like to do? Actually, I know what you'd like to do. You'd like to explore, unless there's anything else that you would like to do after finishing your rest. No, but I, th I, I would say that uh, wherever Ismark is, Metron will kind of sidle up beside him and just pass out with him. <laughs> pass out, you shall. After finishing your rest, the group of you come together and do your best to spend an hour or three roaming the castle, seeing if there's anything that you've missed, anything of note, anything of value. Descending to the third floor of the castle, you do your best to pick up any of the gold and silver gems, any items that you had missed, including along the way what seems to be a magical instrument of the bards, a DOS loot in the upper dining chamber that Amity or Erethrindu are welcome to take hold of as they choose. You Wait, find a number of... Yes? Can Aerith have found this during the rest? If he would have liked to, yes. Then that is absolutely what y'all wake up to. <laughs> Just strumming the DOS loot. You know it. Just jamming out. Yeah. All right. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> On the first and second floor, you don't find too much of note, um, though. Listen, as you peer into one of the chambers on the second floor, you find a room lined with dusty scrolls and tomes with more, more scrolls and books on the floor around four heavy wooden chests fitted with sturdy iron locks. You can see in the center of the clutter, a great black desk with a figure crouching atop a stool there, scratching on a seemingly endless scroll of paper with a dry quill pen. As you enter, the figure looks toward you and you see it is a balding man with long white hair along the sides of his head and mutton chops that lead down to a magnificent mustache. He has liver spots and wrinkles across his face, but his eyes are somewhat wary, a pinkish white necktie around his neck and a clean white tunic and simple brown vest. As he guards and says, oh, Who's that? Is this? Oh, just one of the guests. Is that reason you're bothering me? Good morning. I believe you're... My name is Leif Lipsidge, the king's accountant, and who the bloody hells are you? Ah, I am Lillis and Winterstar, and I believe you have just been unemployed. His eyebrows go up, he blinks, and then for a moment he notices the sunlight streaming into the throne room behind you. Oh. He looks very briefly glum. I don't suppose that means that my benefits will continue then. What sort of benefits were you uh, being offered? He lays his 
hands on the table, indicating the parchment in front of him. I was this close to getting the old bat to tell me where his last treasures were. Do you know how long I've been working on that? Now I don't know where they're going to be. Which treasures? She uh, pulls out um, some of the, uh, like, the gems that she had gotten in the uh, the fortress and just sort of, like, holds them up questioningly. He blinks. Where did you get those? And you notice his eyes dart down toward the lock chests behind him. Let's just say, um, the castle is currently without an owner. Would you like to become otherwise employed? He blinks. If you would be in the market for an accountant, I do believe that. I would not be opposed to continuing the work. Oh, yes, certainly. I mean, at the very least, we do need somebody to um, tally up what it is that we find here. Um, and of course, after that, would you like, you know, a little change of scenery, perhaps? I don't think any of us are going to stay here in Barovia. He narrows his eyes toward you. When you say tally everything, do you mean everything in the castle? Well, not everything. Just everything of value. Oh, well, in that case, that is fine. And he holds out his hand, and you notice a little jangling from his leg, and you look down and you see an ankle collar and a chain that goes toward the edge of the desk, and he smiles in a very awkward sort of way. The wrinkles around his face make you think he doesn't do that very often, and says, if that is the case, and you are willing to take on an old man with a very particular line of work, it would be my pleasure. I am happy to uh, have the services of somebody so experienced in this line of work. And she's going to step forward and try to pick the locks because she can do that. <laughs> he watches you with um, amusement and you open the lock chests and you notice that two of them contain 10,000 copper pieces each. A third one contains 1,000 gold pieces, and the fourth one holds 500 platinum pieces. Oh, she was going to um, pick the locks that were chaining him down, but... Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah let's... Yeah, uh... don't stop, baby. Don't stop. <laughs> and the underneath the platinum pieces, you find an ancient tome with a blue cover with silver spirals set into the metallic cover, as well as gold swirls looking almost like the central staff of, a, of an Asclepius staff with a blood red ruby set into the four corners and a man with arms spread wide on either side. If you show this to Erthrindy, he would probably recognize it as a manual of bodily health. If you spend 48 hours studying its contents and practicing its, practicing its guidelines, your constitution score increases by two. Ooh, night. dear, Lillison says as she, like, actually unlocks Leaf's uh, shackles. Have you seen something like this before? He looks over it and his eyes light up. Oh, oh my god, I, may I? Uh, shit, what kind is it? Which one? I, fuck, fuck. And then he just looks over the pages. And he looks up at Lillison and he is grinning. Oh my god. 
Wilson, this is a... Legitimately one of the most valuable books in the world. It's... It's a... It's magic. It's a series of exercises of sorts. So ways that you can... Sort of make yourself healthier, more resilient, that sort of thing. It's powerful stuff, like really powerful, but it loses its magic for a century after that sort of thing. But in the hands of an elf or another immortal, that's a treasure beyond worth. Lilith's eyes go wide and her hands just stop working for a moment. Hey, I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't need this. And I don't think any of them do. I... A century, you said? Yep. Once a century. I don't... I don't know if it's for me, then. Yeah, but you can still use it once. No, I mean that this is a treasure that do you know how much people would pay for that depends do you know how much money you're going to have when we walk out of here even without this <sighs> that is that is a also also if you're worried about going to go, it going to waste or something i will make an agreement to take this from you on your deathbed if you're really worried about it being squandered that would help a lot, actually. Yes. Then yeah. If you do not achieve immortality, then I will make sure that this goes to where it's needed. To other... He kind of stops. To folks who would... Who would tell. Lillison smiles at him, but the moment he said the word immortality, um, you know, her eyes went sort of hooded for a moment as if she had forgotten that that was even an option and has remembered and is now thinking about it. Aerith shudders. Well, and he presses the book into your hands. Good luck. Thank you. Um, you said you just read it and that's it? No, you do actually have to do the exercises too. Oh, oh okay. Um, she sets it down for a moment and uh, continues freeing Poor Mr. Lipsage. Earth will head out of the room and continue treasure hunting. <laughs> Other items of note that you find throughout the castle. On the third floor, Kiva, you open a closet and you find, well, first off, the group of you find a bedchamber on the third floor beyond the study where you find a young woman named Gertruda, who appears to have been separated from her mother in the village of Barovia and seems very confused by the prospect of Strahd's disappearance, but with some persuading, you're able to have her join you. It's a bit concerning to think that she was functionally alone here for however length of time she was, but she agrees to accompany you, especially upon seeing Ismark. Beyond that chamber... Beyond, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Let's, beyond that chamber lies... A closet in which, Kiva, you find no fewer than 28 capes. Oh my god. Metreon, my love, come to me. Yeah, 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 what is it, what is it? <laughs> I need you to behold something. 
Yeah, and she right. sort of steps aside, revealing the cape closet. He looks in and starts to flip through them one by one. And then when he realizes they're all the, the exact end, same cape, by the way, they're all the exact same cape. He looks back at Kiva. What an asshole. He's such a fucking dork. She will take one, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says that as he's pulling one off the, yeah, off the hanger. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta get souvenirs from Disney World, right? Yeah. Everyone come get one. He's got enough to share. <laughs> Lillison's gonna mage hand one for herself and one for Le- Leaf Lips each, who I'm just imagining is like trotting along behind us with a, a clipboard, oh, yes. just like writing down yep. everything. Yep. Like in a, an extensive inventory. Kiva That's exactly does what he's doing. Seductively drape one over Esmeralda's shoulders. Esmeralda snorts. It's Hofi of War, I see it. It's like getting ears at uh, Elven Disneyland. Oh, that seems terrible. Why would you say so? <laughs> <laughs> What's a Disneyland? It's an amusement park in uh, Faerun. <laughs> What's an amusement park? Oh, Lillison, you'd hate it. It's for people go to like smile and enjoy things. I can enjoy things. I just don't know what things are. Well, we'll definitely have to make a visit because it's full of rides and screaming children and um, angry parents and um, overpriced food. A lot of that, you know, so. Uh, that doesn't sound fun. Maybe I am not. Um, it's not out for enjoying love. things. It's not. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, and Metron will look down at the cloak that he's pulled uh and just kind of tuck it into his satchel. He's not going to wear it, but he just tucks, tucks it into his satchel. Just, you know, probably sell for later. And uh, he looks back at his mark. You want one of these? I mean, you ain't going to wear it, but maybe just, you know, have as a trophy. Maybe to sell or something. I think I would be fine without it, but thank you. I think that uh, it is good for you to keep it. It's a reminder, yes. No, fuck that. No, I'm just, I'm, as soon as I get out of this place, I'm getting rid of it. It's fine silk, well, I mean, yes. you know. That, that is a good point. Um, I don't think that there's many people in the village that would take it, and if I would try to sell it to Piltrath, I would probably get a pittance, so. So we'll just mail you back some of the money we get from selling it uh, in Faerun. <laughs> I certainly would not turn it away, though. Well, I'm sure that we have more to discuss later, but shall we finish exploring the castle? Aerith looks like he's been hit over the head with something. Y'all, I just had a thought. Where are we? Well, we're near uh, the woods, right? I mean, we're I no, we're, we're not. Here. Not geographically, we're not. Whew. You mean like where Barovia is in relationship to everybody else? Yeah, because like this is not the climate near Neverwinter. <sighs> well, this is gonna be awkward. Uh, yeah, how do we get home? Uh, I guess we can ask the Vistani. They're familiar with this sort of thing. And, we can, and they and can't we can... sell us any fake potions anymore. <laughs> I suppose if nothing else, we can just follow this follow road and see where it leads us. Maybe. The worst that could possibly happen is that we have a very, very long walk to get back home. Yeah. Well, listen, I hope I mean, we're not we at ease to... somewhere. We got the gym, right? I mean, maybe... Let's just stop if it's a blue water in first. I mean, oh, yeah, I presume we're not leaving that soon, right? 
No, there's a couple people I'd like to say goodbye to. Yeah. Good. Good. Me too. Well, let's get this old man home, and Metron slaps Davian on the back as hard as he can. Can you fucking not, lad? Ugh. I know you missed the early bird special. <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, <laughs> we'll get you home safe, don't worry. Right. Appreciate it. Slaps him right. on the back. Well, all right. Are you going to finish up now, or do you want to take a look at some of the lower levels first before departing? Um, do like a lightning. Yeah, we're going to be here. All right, all right. We'll go through with a haste spell and enhance ability and see what we can do. We will also ask Leaf beforehand which places he does know there's stuff. Right, yeah, we have an accountant. Sure. So with Leaf's assistance, you explore a number of areas just cutting to the chase. There's not really that much treasure lying around in random places. You do take a peek in, in a few different crypts that seem promising and uncover some money, some interesting items. Um, interestingly enough, on the basement floor, just one level above the crypts, you locate a room that is a grisly sight. It is utterly wallpapered, covered in bones, skulls, the table formed of bones, the chandelier formed of bones, the doors sheathed in bones. It is incredibly horrifying and tacky. But notably, mounted on the wall, just above the double doors leading into the chamber, you see what seems to be a dragon's skull mounted there. Is that... It certainly looks like it. How do we take it down? Can your mage hand handle it, or is it a little too heavy? I assume something of that size weighs more than ten pounds. Probably, if he was an adult silver dragon, then probably four to five hundred. Okay, yeah, that stretches the limits a little bit. It's going to be around, estimating, you think it's probably going to be around 250 pounds. You know that dragons biologically have thinner, lighter bones. Earth smiles and realizes something. Oh, wait, hold on a second. And he takes the new loot he's been found, which all have seen him tuning and meticulously messing with sort of over the course of this, whenever he's at a free moment. And he strums it just once. You're not going to play free again, are you? That's just once. He can't do it without the solo. All right. And then he's going to use it to cast Levitate. You what? Okay. <laughs> on, the, on the skull. The skull floats gently up off of its perch, and I'd say using swords, ten-foot poles, anything <laughs> you've got, you should be able to gently guide it. We're, we're trying to grab a balloon. Pretty much. It's it's pretty much like grabbing a balloon that's kind of bumping very happily along the ceiling of a party room. But you just right, like, oh, to get it down to the hook, right? And just kind of like guide it. All right, y'all, I only oh, have this yeah. for 10 minutes, so we need to expedite. Oh, yeah, we should probably. We grab on the way out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, really should, it really should have been. Access, there is easy access from here directly down into the brazier room. So if you want to head straight down there from there, you can do so and head out. Yeah, let's yeah, do that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's then we just come back for anything else if we need to. Yeah. Okay. All right. So with that, then, 
You make your way down, descending the stairs, finding the enchanted brazier, and fling the green gemstone into the flames. It burns with a great emerald glow, and one by one, you vanish into the fire, bringing your treasures, your skull, and your new assistant along with you. And open your eyes and find yourselves on the second floor of the Blockian Coffin Maker Shop. With the giant skull of a dragon. With the giant skull of a dragon. Let me let me go first. Uh, we're going to give this poor man a shock. Um, and then she scrambles for the stairs. He was I'll like say that. <laughs> standing under the skull waiting for the 10 minutes to go up. She's just like, all right, we gotta we gotta move, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so getting downstairs quickly, I'll just expedite things. You surprise Henrik, but pass him by, and you're able to return, we'll say, the blue water in with your prize, which does plummet to the ground after around three blocks after leaving the Arasex dockyard. Wilson's going to uh, toss Henrik, like, five gold as a passing tip on their way out. He accepts it, looking very confused. Excellent. slightly frightened. So once the uh, the skull sort of, like, just clumps to the ground, Lillison's like, do we just leave it now, or...? Oh, we could probably get it back to where it belongs, right? Wait. Kiva, you mind if I cast a spell on you? Uh, yeah. And, and he casts Enhance Ability. You now double your carrying capacity. You can oh. hoist this fucker. Yeah, now this is easy for her now. <laughs> She's good. Before this, she Keep could hold strike. 195 pounds, so this skull is literally nothing. Woo! Leg strength, baby. Beautiful. All right. So yeah, you are able to bring the skull with you to the Blue Water Inn, if you so choose. What sort of looks are we getting as we walk through Balaki? <laughs> No one is really looking at you. They're too busy staring at the sky. Aww. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Like, as you pass through town, you can see that there are people just sort of lounging at their windows, sitting on porch steps. As you pass by the town square, you can see people just sitting in a ring around the edge of the fountain speaking quietly, some looking up at the blue, sunlit sky overhead. They don't seem to have any time to spare any interest for some strange passers-by. Some are crying, some are whispering, some are singing softly. They've never seen it. It's, uh, it's beautiful, right? I mean, it's... It's different when it's everywhere, you know. I mean, a sword is one thing, a symbol too, but uh, just seeing it in the sky like this. You don't realize how much you miss it till it's gone. Yeah. Amity shouts out to the nearest big group of townsfolk. Um, pass it on. Strahd is dead. Also, don't look directly at the bright thing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone goes sunblind because they're all just fucking staring at it. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Does Sarah have sunscreen? Oh no. Oh, well. everyone's gonna be crispy in a little bit. Skin cancer. <laughs> oh no, that's fine. Everyone's gonna be fine. The real curse of Strahd was melanoma. <laughs> <laughs> Come to the Blue Water Inn in um next day. It's what this evening. Wait, uh, when should we do? We, oh, like the thing, the thing we were talking to, to let him. Oh, right, I got a new spell for it. Say this evening, then what? we don't want to overwhelm the Mardi Gras right away. Evening, Blue Water Inn, a reenactment of the Devil's Death. It's gonna be great. You get more than a few looks at that. Some disbelieving, some awestruck. You get the sense that you made yourselves heard a little bit. Good. Then Aerith seems to remember something. Looks, looking over at Metrion, he digs into his bag and passes a small clay jug into his hand. Here, uh, if I don't give this to you now, I'll forget. The fuck is this? Say the word wine. He looks dubiously at it and you, uh, and then, like, very, kind of shrinks his head down into the, the opening of the jug and just whispers, Why? As you do, you can hear the sound of sloshing liquid from within, and a intensely sweet smell begins to, a delicious scent begins to emanate from just below the cork. <laughs> and uh, he like starts to slosh it around in the jug itself, hearing the liquid, and just like, opens it up and just sniffs it and lets it enter his nose and like kind of swirls it around, letting it kind of aerate a bit before just like slamming it back. It's some good shit. It is a full gallon of wine. <laughs> you cannot drink it all at once. He's gonna try though. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Pretty damn close. Uh, but when he like when his belly is full with it, he'll uh, he'll uh, wine's on me, and he'll kind of start to pass it around to everybody. Is is that unlimited? Because if so, I think you just killed him. I it's a gallon a day. So uh, maybe. No, it'll be fine. And Kiva will also <laughs> glug glug. <laughs> it's or four gallons of beer, but he seems more like a wine man. Or two gallons of that weird egg substance. We don't. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> anyway, we should get inside. I will pass. Thanks. Yes, let's get inside. Yeah. We don't want to explain to Lilison what mayonnaise is. No, no, we don't. <laughs> As you approach, the door bursts open, and several Mardikovs flood out. As you hear. The excited shouts of a child looking out at you from the window echo from the interior of the tavern. Which child is it? Uh, it seems to be Brom. Yeah! And at the sound of the child's shouts, the Mardikovs begin to, you hear footsteps thundering toward the door, tears open, and you see Erwin, Danica, Adrian. Um, you see the kids pushing forth to see what's going on. And you see at Erwin's side, holding onto the side of his apron very shyly, Yeska. Erwin's eyes wide as he looks down at each of you. Goodness. <laughs> you all actually did it. He's gone. 
He's gone. Kiva holds up his like little ruby and like wiggles it. What are you Danica. all going to do now? Danica eyes it breathlessly and then shakes her head, laughing softly. It is <laughs> difficult to say. I wish that we had uh, some proper drink to celebrate, but we can certainly do our best to scrape together as uh, food for a celebratory feast, yes? We've got a bit of uh, things we've been relying on, so that shouldn't be too much difficult. And it sounds like a good dawn to me. And uh, Metron saunters over, uh, and as he does, kind of sloshing the jug, he um, kind of presses it into Erwin's chest, gives Danica a kiss on both cheeks, and then uh, goes down to Jeska and uh, uh, just kind of like looks at him, smiles, a little bit of wine pulling up at his corner of his mouth. Aye, we did it, right? He nods shyly and then looks up at the sunlight and then grabs one of your legs in a hug and says <laughs> quietly, he always said that it would look like that, but I didn't think that is, is that can he see us from it uh, Metreon uh, kind of rubs the top of his head and uh, pulls him off a bit uh, to sort of lift him onto his shoulders uh, so they can get a better view of this guy he immediately looks up at the sun and then looks away, squinting, like, oh, fuck, that was a bad idea. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that, love. It's, um, it's, uh, it's going to take some getting used to, but, you know, hopefully it's I ain't going to wait no time soon. Do the pink crystal glasses work as sunglasses? Hell yeah. All right, get, yeah. You're, you're oh, yeah. Eldridge John, oh, yeah. baby. Totally. Come on. Um, I mean, they look better on me, but I will uh, let Jessica borrow them. Borrow. Is... Uh, Kiva pulls aside Adrian, if she can. Yes. yes um, she's going to take the holy symbol off of her neck and um, sort of take his hands and with hers just put it in there um, and say, this belongs to you and your family. <clears throat> and I can't think of anyone better to keep it safe. Um and just know that it really works. So, um, just in case. He looks at you wide-eyed and then nods, hurriedly tucking it away in a pocket of his cloak. Yes, of course, we'll, we'll keep it safe, like we've always done. For, well, I hope that we won't need it, but there are still things out there and the woods and the mountains that aren't quite so friendly, so. Are you sure you're not staying, then? I, uh, I have someone waiting for me. So, uh, I might come back, if that's possible. Uh, she sort of gives a look over at Ez, um, but she says, uh, I think I've done enough here, and it's time to go home. He nods. Right, well. May the roads guide you to where you're looking to go, then. She, uh, she gives him a, a big hug. He returns it, and then steps back with a small smile. 
Is there anyone thing that anyone would like to do as you greet the Mordekovs and or make your way into the Blue Water Inn? Eric's gonna Andy. find Victor. Oh. Or go ahead. You do. You go first. Oh no! Just going upstairs and and bringing Truffle down, making sure he's well fed. Okay, he's a little too well fed right now. <laughs> <laughs> he is very happy to see you. But yes, the prince uh, he... returns. <laughs> he looks. Very unhappy at the prospect of not receiving extra helpings of wolf jerky, whatever he wants it. Spoiled little boy. Bless him. Yeah. Amy, Amy pets him, lets him see the sun. I guess he's seen it many, many times. Oh, before, yes. He yeah. wriggles out of your hands and oinks, running around in a little mud puddle extremely happily. And then he starts rolling around on the dirt, basking, warming his coat. He is a very happy piglet. Metron will actually let Yeska down, uh, kind of feeling a little bit of like anxiousness in him, and and will let him kind of go play with Truffle. He seems happy too, and the other children join them, and they begin chasing the piglet around the little courtyard in front of the inn, laughing as he snorts and snuffles, uh, occasionally spraying them with mud as he shakes it off of his coat, and they seem to be having a hell of a time. Aerith is going to find Victor, because he has a hunch that with everything, he is probably hiding. He's actually not. Oh, you shit. him sitting in one corner of the tavern, looking very quietly, almost wistfully, out a window. He, as he hears you approach, he startles and looks up at you with eyes wide and then settles back, relaxing very slightly into his chair. What aren't you doing outside? It's too bright out there, too warm. It's, well, then he looks a bit annoyed at himself for a moment. Then again, I suppose that's what I've been wishing for this whole time. So I suppose I can't complain. Yeah, you're going to have to get, he settles down next to him. You're going to have to get used to it, you know? The world out there, this happens every day. Oh, how horrid. <laughs> You'd think that, but... You get used to it. Just be careful about your sunburn. Pale as you are, you're gonna... He shakes it. Thanks to worry about later. But yeah. <laughs> Wait, the sun can burn you? Oh, yes, it can. It's uh, oh, very... Why, you have to be very why do we careful. ever want it back? That sounds terrible. Well, there's actually some things about uh, vitamin D and sunlight and retention. and It's a long story. But no, it's... He kind of chuckles. But yeah, it's, uh, he's gone, so. He, Aerith kind of looks momentarily uncomfortable. We'd talked about getting you to a college somewhere, or a place of learning. Is that still something you want to do? If it's out of here, he pauses, sitting back. You know, I learned magic in the first place because I wanted a way of getting out of this damn place, but I suppose now it's something that's kept me going. It, I suppose it's something to do next, right? Aerith looks at him very serious and says, only if you want it to be. There's a big old world out there. And you are already powerful and accomplished and knowledgeable. You don't have to 
you can, if it makes your heart sing. But if this was a means to an end, then, well, you're free. You, you can follow your heart wherever the fuck, wherever it leads you. You hear a soft, almost creaky meow. And you look down and you see pushing its way out of the inside of his cloak, a small skeletal cat. And he looks down at it and scratches it behind the uh, skull and hums to himself and says, well, I suppose it's something to try. And if I don't like it, well, I can just leave it. Yeah, you can. And honestly, like the first few years, it's mostly prerequisites anyway. And honestly, Muni would probably be a good place. They're used to dealing with folks from your situation who don't know how to like do laundry. No offense, man. He raises his eyebrows at that, but doesn't respond. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I mean, you're free to, I'll be heading out. Not soon, but when I do, if you'd like some company on the road, I'd be happy to Go, go with you, at least till our paths diverge. Make some introductions. Oh, gods, yes, please. I have no idea what the fuck anything is. <laughs> Neither do I. Neither do I. That's all. He scratches the cat behind the ear, stands, and says, By the way, thanks for showing me your spell book way back when. Without it, I don't think I would have gotten out of here. He blinks. Of, of course, I think... <laughs> yes, very good. So, yes, good. Good, yes. Um, take care, Victor. Uh, he just kind of mouths the words, take care, and then after watching you go, glances back out the window and just leans forward on his on the palm of his hand and goes quiet. Oh, he's so awkward. I love him. That's all. All right. The afternoon progresses, becoming late afternoon and then dusk, and individuals begin to fill the blue water in. The sounds of conversation begin to pick up. There's not wine per se, but the rich smells of steaks, of stews, of fresh baked bread begin to fill the tavern and tap room. And eventually a few individuals sitting at their tables, a few Valachians. The atmosphere, though, most of the room seems still relatively quiet, reserved, somewhat glum. There are a few individuals that seem raucous, excited, happy, celebratory, and a number of them eyeing Amity. And you were reminded of the promise you made earlier while passing through town. Um, yeah, Amity looks around. Uh, ready? I know, um, you, you said you had a spell for this. I don't know who else wants to join in. I got it. Anyone else in the gang? Planning to be actors, or are you going to leave this to the bards? Happy to sit back with her friend and watch. <laughs> She's not a center stage gal. <laughs> Metron's performances are really more of a, a different kind of crowd, so I think he'll he'll just make off-color commentary during it. Understandable. Metron's performance is saved for the After Dark, uh, actually. Yeah, 
Aerith looks over to Amity and nods. Whenever you're ready. All right. Uh, Amity uses minor illusion to make the sound of a thunderclap to quiet the crowd. And then she says, It was dark. We were wandering in to the vampire's castle, taking the back entrance. We snuck through his castle, gathering loot like this. She shows off her helm. Um, and then we saw him. Amity sort of looks at Arthur and you're yep. like, what is, is and this? He, and he flicks his wand and casts major image. And Strahd von Zarevich is in the middle of the Blue Water Inn. There are gasps and screams of fright, people jumping back away from him. Metron just booing very loudly. Not at Aerith uh, and Dear Amity, but at like, Strahd himself. Yeah. And Aerith makes him walk around the room. And as he does, they can feel that he actually disturbs space. He has weight, the movement of his arms. He's not real, but boy, is he a very convincing imitation. As he then he turns to him. Yeah. Gripping the sun sword, terrified a little bit, not trying to show it. <laughs> as, he, as he turns to Amity, a befanged sneer on his face. Ever since we arrived, we were his prey here. He'd hunted us, tormented us, taunted us. But tonight, it was different. He was our prey. Amity uh, lunges towards him. And as... And, go oh. ahead. No, 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 what does he do? And, and, as, and he snarls, and as your arms wrap around him, he's really here he's got weight he's got and as he tries to buck you off but suddenly amity you're not alone as erthrandir concentrating fiercely from the corner suddenly there is mark next to you and and erthrandir himself and and metreon roaring and kiva with the sun sword raised in her hand raised in her hands blazing high And she stabs it into it. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Ismark the greater... Ismark the hero of Barovia grabbed him. He wasn't able to run away. He was surrounded. And... Uh, is, sorry, you said he was part of the illusion here? Yep. Um, I have a 20-foot radius. The whole gang is here. <laughs> bathed in sunlight. He was helpless. All we needed to do was finish him off. Stab him. <laughs> she looks out into the crowd. <laughs> Are there any volunteers? Looking for a stabber? We're looking for a stabber. <laughs> or the illusory Kiva can do it if no one volunteers. Yeska! 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 Yeah, um, Metro will look down at Yeska and see what his, his vibe is. He's, if he's... He seems... Not interested in stabbing, but content to watch the show, it seems. Yeah, he won't force him. Uh, he knows what he saw uh, with Strahd at, at the church and doesn't want to force him to do anything. So he'll just kind of wrap his arm across his shoulder and just make sure that he 
knows that he's safe and that it's just a trick. Kiva hands the sun sword hilt at the very least to uh, either Brahm or Bray, whoever's closest. They grab for it at the same time and both pull it together. Oh Great. my god. Briefly squabbling she'll, over who's going to get it. She'll let the two of them handle it. <laughs> <laughs> they continue fighting and then Danica steps in behind them and swats them both lightly on the shoulder. Have I, we not told you anything about shedding, boys? And they kind of glumly say, yes, mom. And they both take the sun sword, each staring daggers at the other and step in front of the strahd. And Strahd looks down at them, says in that horrible voice, Oh, now, what could those such as you possibly do? You can't hurt me. No one can. Before he finishes his monologue, the two of them scream in happy defiance and stab him right through the chest. And although and it's because it's because they're kids, it's more like straight through like the lower stomach slash crotch area. It looks pretty uncomfortable. Stab him in the dick. Stab yeah! him in the dick. Yes. And Strahd dies a bit more ostentatiously like this than he actually did. There's screaming and flailing and he, Erythrindir may be hamming it up a little, but the end result is the same, which is he's bathed in golden radiance and then slowly crumbles to dust. That was a fucking show one. Yeah, uh, Metreon kind of lifts his jug up, uh, like kind of tries to coerce people into applauding. Kiva will clap. The applause does come forth. Um, most of the Velakians in the room look uncertain, but a few of them are clapping loudly, a few hooting, hollering, cheering. The vibes are immaculate. Are the... Um, are the Vokter boys here? They are not. Ooh, interesting. Oh, that's worrying. <sighs> Earth looks over at Amity. Is so, there... Go ahead. What I've learned here in the last two weeks is that even if, there, even if you think that there's nothing you can do, even if you think that there's nothing you have to do, if you set your mind and your heart in the right place... There is a power within you, within all of you, and you can do it. Earth looks over at her, and there is just such immense, quiet affection in his eyes. And then he kind of whispers, hey. Now that we've finished, do you want to come outside with me for a second? Uh, some have... He swallows. Some I think we should talk about. Ebony nods seriously and ducks to the side with him. Alright. He takes her out of the inn, and he, he appears to have a little bit of showmanship left in him, because he says, like, alright, now get ready. And... He strums the lute, which he has slung around his back once, and casts Fly on Amity. <laughs> I have a question for you. Yes? What do Amity's wings look like? Whoa. 
Either of you can answer this question. I'm just curious. This one's for Linus. This one's for me. How on earth am I supposed to answer such a question? Um, I think... Uh, sort of like an angel wing, but the like white but red-tipped feathers. Mm, so fallen angel vibes? Or like, like you can interpret it uh, how how or you, like battle seraph vibes perhaps battle yeah it's battle seraph that's correct oh that's excellent I love it so I thought that whatever we we're saying it could be a lot more fun in the air mind taking me <laughs> get on. <laughs> Aerith shrugs off his gear and wraps his arms around her stomach. Alright, now don't drop concentration or or you or you know. <laughs> Darling, I've got feather takes off there's nothing that can happen. Into the air. Uh, out the back door. And into the air you fly, spiraling up through the clear, open skies into the night sky that looks down overhead, and the clouds have cleared away, leaving it open, bare, and thousands of glittering diamond-like stars gazing down from above. The crescent moon rising above Barovia, bathing the land below with a beautiful silver-gold light. In the distance, you can see the Balanok Mountains crowning the horizon of the landscape, the mirror-like surface of Lake Zarevich rippling ever so faintly. And far below, the glimmering candle lights of the hundreds of homes of Alaki far below. It's beautiful! I never... Oh my god. I can do this every day. We can do this every day if we want. We, I, I mean, as long as we keep uh, adventuring together. Earth's face goes quiet. So you picked up on what I was thinking about too, then. Oh. It, 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 it's, it's quiet up here. Just. Just the two of us. Say what you want. I'm. You, uh, you, you first. I, I want to. I'm. Oh, uh, he. Okay, cannot drop concentration right now. I, I just. It's a speech he seems to have rehearsed many times, but he is having trouble getting through it. I, just wanted to say that, um. That I understand. And that. We, found this and he spreads his arms at the stars at a time when we were both frightened out of our minds and worried we weren't going to live another few days and i'm not saying that makes what i feel for you any less real not an iota <laughs> but i know that barovia is not the rest of our lives and i just wanted to say that if if I was just something you needed 
for Barovia, then, then that's okay. I won't blame you. I don't want us to... I, I, that's not me breaking up with you. That's just... I wanted to give you the choice. When I fell in love with you... And you see, like, Aerith's happy shudder in your arms. It, I, I, no, I'll, I'll be honest. It's because I was lonely and I was afraid and I w wanted some other... I needed other feelings to feel. And, I mean, of the people around me, I guess you... <laughs> well... The... the the sweetest, the most knowledgeable, the most interesting. Um, in in other times, I might have met you and, and not given it a second thought, but I'm glad that I fell in love with you because I think you're amazing, and I don't know whether this is going to work out forever or even for several years, but I really do want to give it a shot. Earth is... <laughs> I mean, besides, I, I I, don't... Yeah, I feel like I'm so incredibly, magically powerful right now. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, am I... Says the woman really flying through settle, the clouds. <laughs> would I really want to settle for someone, I mean, who I don't feel... Is I is is equal? I mean, I want I want. You want someone who can keep up with you. I want someone who can keep up with me. Yeah. How many people can there possibly be as as powerful as us in the entire world? Like a hundred? Maybe two hundred three. But <laughs> but I'm just glad to. I that's uh, yeah yeah me me too. But I mean, even even that aside, I you I I love I, you too so fucking much thank you i i didn't i didn't think i would like i well, there might have been a like you said there might have been a time where i wouldn't have where i wouldn't have known when i would have been somebody else but i think i am who i am and like i'm not i don't think we need to be like wet at the hip or anything we both got lives to lead right and you and i look both looking to travel once we're out here aren't we I think that everything I saw in Barovia made me realize that without it, I would have lived my life in a box. Maybe a really comfy and happy box, but... A box I'm nonetheless. scared of being in a box anymore. So I want to travel. And, and even adventure, though hopefully not as dangerous as this one. <laughs> <laughs> I... God, how'd you take the words out of my mouth? I am never going back to that box. Never again. Not unless Good. I want to stay. Good. Good. And, uh, you know, long term, we can figure stuff out. And if we do want to figure out more uh, long term arrangements, then we got time. We got time. We could, we, we've known each other for three weeks. We can take it as we go. Alright, I'm... Alright. 
that one oh, thank god yeah i was so yeah. <laughs> god i was so scared <laughs> i was just like oh I, I was just expecting like oh yeah no i'm, I'm sorry this has got it this uh, this is gone as long as it's gonna go i'm sorry the fly spell is about to expire oh god damn it fly back fly back fly back ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> swoops down <laughs> And I think as the spell runs out, Aerith casts Featherfall, and then he pulls her close and kisses her. And that is, I think, where we leave them. Mm-hmm. Emmy obviously okay. hugs him tight <laughs> as they float slowly. Yes, yes. Look, I'm a sap. Kill me. I tried. I mean, if you didn't cast that Featherfall, you might have died. Ah, <laughs> oh, please. We're high-level adventurers. Let's roll that 20d6. So, as Erythrondir and Amity discuss their future in the skies above Alaki, what are Kiva or Metreon doing? You go first, Ben. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, these things are winding down. The gallon of jug, uh, the gallon of jug, uh, the, <laughs> the gallon of wine is probably also whittled away. Uh, he would be trying to share it with his mark if he wants it, but he won't force him to, obviously. Um, but uh, there will be a moment when he's reclined and Jeska's off playing with the other boys. Um, and Metra uh, just kind of like curls his nail, uh, pulling some of Ismark's hair away and tucking it behind his ear, sitting next to him, just kind of looks at him, reclined against one of the tables. So uh, you uh, call me a orphan. He startles and then chuckles a little self-consciously. Sorry, I, I, I think I've been a little um, lost in my own thoughts for most of the day. Um, sorry for... Um, <laughs> no, don't apologize. This is not exactly going the way the way that I planned it. Um, never does. It never does. I mean, I, you know... I've, listen, I'm, I'm, I saw what happened after everything. I saw... I saw her go too, and it doesn't make sense, and it's weird. And I mean, you lost someone close to you, you lost your sister, and I'm. I guess what I'm just trying to say is, you know, uh, while I'm here, I'm here for you uh, in any way you need. He smiles at you genuinely, not guiltily and then pulls a hand around your shoulder and then very slowly and hesitantly lets it slip down to your waist I think that if you'd like to well I don't know if we'll have he blinks and then says oh for fuck's sake and then he turns and kisses you uh yeah Metreon what did happen? Um, kind of like struggles to place the jug onto the, the table top, but uh, he does and uh, kind of hangs there. And it's not like this. I mean, it's passionate, but it's not lustful. It's like two bodies just sort of finally relaxing into each other. And he, Matron, uh, he just kind of holds him there and uh, pulls away a bit, uh, licking his lips and kind of chuckling to himself, smiling. Yeah, it was, it was all right. <laughs> it was fun. Oh, 
I remember. That's good. That's uh, good. You remember the first time we met? Is that that uh, that the other tavern? Uh, was it blood, blood on blood in the vine? Blood on the vine? Blood? Is it's gone through a few names over over the years. Right. I wouldn't worry about it. But uh, you know, I got I got a um. You know, at first I was just kind of, you know, I mean, you're beautiful, obviously, you're fucking gorgeous. Um, but when you said, hey, uh, you know, I got a place, you know, you certainly was more well put together than anyone else in the bar. And, you know, talking about the Burgermeister and all that, and I was like, oh, oh this is a, this is someone I can, someone I can get something from. And I, mean, I, I did, you know, but I, I got got something more than I was, I think, ready for. And I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I have it. I'm glad I've, I can call you friend, and we can do this. And I just uh, let's just enjoy tonight, all right? I, I think that's that works for me and them. We've got a few days before I have to head back to the village, so I suppose we can enjoy them there. Yeah, yeah, just no pressure, no rush. No, you know, take things as they come, and well, <laughs> take things as they come. He nods and takes your left hand quietly in his, and then just kind of leans his head against yours and looks out the window into the night. Yeah, Metro will just hang there, um, have this almost uh, wistful expression on his face. Uh, it's the uh, first time he's ever been kissed, and it feels like a lady. You know, it's uh, it feels it feels like he doesn't feel like a piece of meat, which is still sort of hard to process, but he's doing it in his own way. And shall we leave those two there? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a given that they will find a room and do terrible <laughs> oh, yes, things to course. each other. But you know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that. We'll leave that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. So, Kiva, bless. as you're sitting and chatting at the end of one of the tables, there are footsteps approaching you and you hear the chair, an empty chair beside you scraping as it's pulled back and Esmeralda looks down with an eyebrow quirk and says, excuse me, is this seat taken? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty lovely looking Vistana uh, woman coming over to sit, so I think she's got it. <laughs> well, I should, uh, be- I suppose I better def- let her have it, yes? Uh, no, I think you can sit there for a little while. <laughs> well, in that case, and she takes a seat next to you. Well, this has been an experience. Uh, To put it incredibly mildly, yes. Hmm. What's next for you then? I know that um, we've talked about it a little bit, especially at the temple. I presume you're not staying long in the valley? Uh, no, I, 
I think it's probably good to uh, to go home and, and get Ava as soon as possible, but uh, I don't know if... Um, I'm sure you have plans of your own, but uh, it'll be a, a quicker trip, I hope. So um, if you wanted to, to, to come along or um, I could come back and you could, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm not really good at this sort of thing. So, um, obviously I think you're incredible and, uh, I would like to, um, continue to get to know you and, uh, you know, if you're, um, she just sort of like, like taps her hand on the table. So, uh, do you want to try saying something? Maybe oh, it'll yes, be yes, easier. Sure. Um, okay. Well, truth be told, I don't really know what comes next. I think that my current plan is to stay in the valley for a few days, maybe a week or so, and then get a sense of how things are going, what happens next, where these people go next, and then make a decision then. Um, were you still planning on trying to uh, find a way to somewhere else after returning to um, your home? Well, uh, you mentioned a carnival. Uh, yes, yes. I think it'd be interesting to check that out. Uh, you know, look if you're if you're staying for a week, I mean. Um, there's, you know, plenty of uh, houses and stuff, and we could uh, just, you know, hang out <laughs> for a little bit. I think that I would love to just hang out for a little bit. Good. She and, smiles, uh, and her just hand just rests quietly atop yours on the table. Um... I think, you know, whether you stay or whether you don't, or whether we go somewhere or come back, I, uh, I think we can make this work. I'm willing to try. If I can kill a vampire, I can work with whatever you give me. I think that I can... Works whatever you bring as well. We'll see what happens, yes? Absolutely. And she and does finally mm -hmm. lean in and kiss her. And Esmeralda kisses her back, putting her hand around the back of Kiva's hair and just pulling her closer. It's a bit strange and a bit awkward, uh, given Kiva's current undead appearance, but Esmeralda doesn't really seem to mind. And it won't be there for long, kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she does, you know, eventually fade to black. Lovingness happens. Um, but, yeah. Are we running out of rooms at the end again? Yes, we are. Uh, I would say that at this point, if you ask for them, the Marta Cubs will give them to you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You, you, brought the, you brought the dawn back, guys. You get you get what you you get a little bit of. Can we get this at right? times, at least tonight. 
what do you think this is? Legend of Zelda? You save the world and you don't even get a discount? You're get you're getting the rooms. Thank uh, God. No, I, meant, right. I meant if they yeah. were full, like I remembered last time. <laughs> I, I suspect that the Markovs would like give us their own bedrooms just so that we don't have to be doing this like out right in the open. In the middle of the, kids. the tavern. Let's, let's 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 get a little propriety here. Uh. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I have something in mind that I can't mention. I'll put in the chat later. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, all right. You know. Gay panic aside, I think we finally, you know, have solved all of our uh, room dilemmas then. <laughs> Just whichever is, has, like, the most soundproofing for Metricon and Nismark, that's all. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, is there anything else that anyone would like to do during this evening? Lillison is going to sit in the common room in a corner with a piece of paper in front of her and all of her writing material. And she is just staring at the blank piece of paper and doing her best to ignore like any and all, you know, noises that might be coming from anywhere around her. <laughs> Fortunately, given the din of the kerosene around you and the distance, there's nothing, there's no off-putting sound effects that Lillison would find distracting. Although there is, of course, the aforementioned kerosene. That is perfectly fine. All right. Is that all for our good folks for the evening? In that case, as you all turn in for the nights, fading to black and enjoying a happy evening, some in the company, company of others you love, others content to remain lost in contemplation. That's where we'll take our break. those in our audience i love you i am sincerely sorry <laughs> sorry for what i'm love? not i earned this <laughs> I'm yeah. Year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no like it's been 54 it's been 53 episodes we've earned it it's just god bless listen we have earned our version of the brothel episode if vox machina gets it fifty thousand times we get it once oh, i'm right. never That's letting fair. my family watch this one i mean the real treasure was the ships we made along the way and also the stuff in Danica's chest in her room, but... <laughs> <laughs> but we left the rowboat in the castle. Yeah. And yeah, the ladder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? What else uh, do those patches have? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm not continuing this metaphor. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, thank you all for listening. We will be taking a short 15-minute break as always, so do please stay tuned in. Enjoy. And we'll see you all back here soon. <laughs>